We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. I'm so happy you joined us today for our second episode with Charles Moore. In today's episode, we discuss his experience attending a Cornelia DeLange Syndrome conference to learn more about CDLS, and he shares how impactful Little Lighthouse in Tulsa, Oklahoma was to him and his family. Please feel free to listen in to episode one before continuing here. We do thank you for listening in as we continue our conversation, which is already in progress. But then we, I'm sitting there and week two go by, nothing. Week three, nothing. And I remember it was around the 60-day mark where I'm in the room and the door opens and this man come in, white coat, older gentleman, old, older, older white man. Like he was like, oh, like I'm assuming 70s, 80s old. Like he was, he was old. And he walked in, he said hello, and he walked over to Charles and looked at him. And he said, oh, yeah, he has Cornelia D. Lang syndrome and walked out. And I'm like, okay, somebody will come in here and tell me what this Cornelia D. Lang syndrome is. Like something else is about to happen. Like I've been waiting for this, the dramatic thing. They they about to explain everything. It's going to be roses. We can get up out of here and figure this life thing out. And legit, that was the most exciting and biggest disappointment that I ever felt being in that hospital because did he answer my question? He sure did. He gave me everything I needed to start my research. And this was earlier in the, in the um, phone, internet on your phone days and stuff. So I'm, I'm hardcore in there, like, figure this out, Cornelia D. Lang syndrome. I'm bringing everything I can. Like, I'm looking up encyclopedia, like, whatever I'm doing. And then I'm sitting up here like, man, this dude literally just walked in this room and was in here for less than 30 seconds, diagnosed my kid, left, and never came back. Nobody came in there to say nothing. And that was it. Like, I never even seen the regular doctor again. Because, like, after that... I don't know if it was RN or whoever, but she was the one that would come in the room and be like, well, he said you have, he thinks Charles has Cornelia D. Lang syndrome. Here's some little paperwork. And she gave me this paperwork that was probably, it couldn't have been no more than 10 pages of stuff. And I'm like, I just been sitting here reading for two days about stuff. And you walk in with these little 10 pieces of paper. And I'm like, ma'am, I already know this stuff. You can keep this. Like, but it was, it was a fact to me, like hindsight 2020, it's the fact that I now know that they knew nothing either. Like Cornelia DeLine syndrome to them was was just as new as it was to me. So the paper that she went found was probably from them going do the same thing that I was doing and Googling something and 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 reading about it. So I was a little disappointed in that, but the fact that like I liked uh, I liked school growing up to a degree. So like it wasn't researching wasn't one of the worst things for me. So it was quite simple to be honest, because I was super intrigued to know what was going on with my child. So I did a lot of reading and pretty much like that was the that was the gist of of, of the NICU experience for us. It was 
it was a whirlwind for like two months of figuring things out. But literally by the time we got that diagnosis, Charles was pretty like with the, the official diagnosis, Charles was pretty settled by the end. Like he was, he was on a continuous feeding pump and that was working. His, he was keeping things down. The fundo had healed. So he was like, he was still regging, but nothing was coming up. So his body was learning how not to do it. And he wouldn't cough either because I think coughing would, would, would start him to retching more. So he learned how not to cough, which was pretty amazing for me to be like, I think he know what he's doing. Like to see this toddler who, you know, has something wrong with at this point in time, I still didn't know that CDLS had developmental delays or none of that type of stuff. But that was, that was pretty much that great NICU experience. So basically 60 days, you had a doctor walk in, say, here's, this is the diagnosis. And then it was, all right, here you go. Now you're on your own. <laughs> so, so yeah, what were those next steps? I mean, was it just this, like, uh, hey, you're, here's your discharge or did they, you know, did they set you up with all these additional doctors? <laughs> did you, I'm assuming you now had a list of physicians that you were going to be specialist that you were going to be seeing on a regular basis, but man, yeah. I mean, where do you start after that? Now I know what it is. Now what do I do? Yeah. Ironically, which I'm glad you asked that question because I, I don't think I would have thought about this unless you asked it, but when the, so the day in, in the time of, of Jennifer being pregnant and me going to work, I was talking to coworkers and I was like, something wrong with this kid. Like, we're not finding arms. We're not doing this. Like, something is wrong. And they know me. Like, I always talk bubbly about a lot to where I was in my head. Like, when I was, they would be like, Charles, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, well, I was something like, you haven't said one word all day. And like, this is an eight-hour shift. And in my mind, I'm like, I've been talking, like, and I have. I've been talking to myself. Like, I've been going through processes and trying to figure this out and all this. But after talking to them, I learned that about the Little Lighthouse and um, about DDS. And it was uh, DDSD back then at, at this time. And the... I forgot the lady's name who was there, but she was like, one thing I recommend is looking at these two programs and get on them as early as possible because there's some waiting lists. And so I took that knowledge from her and I left it at that. Like I probably never even talked to her about it again, but I did. I, I looked into that stuff like hardcore. And the day <laughs> the I so Charles is, I filled out a little lighthouse application before he was even born. And they told me the day he's born, call us and let us know. So we'll get him activated. And I also, while we were at the hospital, um, I asked them about the DDSD thing and they sent the case manager in the room the day he was born as well. So on the day that he actually was born, because it was it was super early in the morning. So like literally that day I contacted the little lighthouse and DDSD to get him situated on them programs because I had no idea or nothing about him, but just from hearing about him and from other people, they said, hey, these are major things that you need and then i found out from the uh case manager at the hospital that the ddsd wait list she's like i'm glad you did it today because the wait list is like 20 years long and i said 20 years i'm like i thought she was joking he was like no i'm, I'm serious like this wait list is 15 to 20 years out so i'm glad you got him on now so at least when he's a teenager you can get services and i'm like oh and which did I understand what she was saying? No, but I just knew whatever it was that people was willing to wait 15 years to get it. It was good. So I was like, hey, 
thank you for signing us up. And that's what I did. So ironically, that's what I did the day he was born, besides, you know, the typical deal with the grandparents and all that type of stuff. So I did that. Um, but after that, it was literally here he is and go home and 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 you and you took over. It wasn't like they they gave us a list of stuff that we might have to do, but when we left, the only people that we had to see, if I'm recalling right, was GI because if he had the the, the fundo, I mean the well we'll get the fundo too, but he had to get the, the G tube in and his stomach was bad. And then PCP, we had to find a, a PCP. And so we did we wanted to get somewhere a baseline established, which we did great finding PCP. He still has the same one to this day, and she's awesome. Um, Sarah Hutcherson is a rock star. <laughs> like she's been going through ups and downs with me and Charles from day one. So that's been a we. I, I guess I would say we did a great pick on that one because <laughs> not everything else went so smooth after time over with therapists and stuff. But um, we we got him home. We got formula set up. You had to get. She signed up for like sooner care or whatever, and we would get the the um I think it was Wick back then. So I think she would go get that formula from Wick to get us to because we had to wait for insurance to start. So in order to hold us over until they got started, we had to go to Wick because there was this special formula that we had to have. So I think we did that, and life just just started from there. So we 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 did everything we could, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't really nothing to do, like they said, until something started. But we got nursing. We started the process of getting them like an at-home nurse because we really didn't know what to do with all these machines, to be honest, because you had like the, the feeding pump and that would run at this point in time. They since his stats were dropping while being in the NICU. They sent us home with the, the little machine, like the pulse socks, and you had to keep his toe wrapped up or something. And you had to, and it was, I get it out of concern now. They was like, they have to stay on 24-7 all the time. And me being, us being young and new, of course, that's what we did. But after talking to other families, they were like, shoot, we would make sure our kid was breathing, numbers was good. We would take that thing off because it would beep all the time. Like, if the number got off by one little point, beep, 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 beep. And then at this point, like, I had no idea how to adjust it. Like, was I supposed to adjust it? Like, I knew absolutely nothing. So we just suffered <laughs> suffered the beeping of the machines as, as as diligently as possible. That was the main stuff that went on after, like, because it, it was really nothing. The first few months, I want to say, was pretty pretty chill As a, after we got that initial release. And I don't think stuff really started getting too hectic until about, I want to say six to eight months and i wouldn't say that's really hectic but that's that's when we had to actually he was old enough and we felt confident that we could start going places or doing things and 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 him not being too like compromised per se so um the first six months i looked was just sitting in the house chill i want to say our first major adventure was going to dallas to a cornelia delang syndrome conference because in my quest of investigating stuff after he told me that i was like i need to find a person who knows everything about this syndrome <laughs> and of course i found cdlsusa.org which told me everything and i've loved that website since the day i found it like i email like i know 
I'm on the I'm on the Tulsa area CDLS board, so like I I still talk to like the presidents and different people of the program there, so that's pretty cool. And and I felt like the best way to to know what we was dealing with was to go to Dallas and go to that conference, and it was a great experience. Like it was it was eye opening. It let me know a lot about Charles just in the fact of looking at people, like not even knowing their story. I didn't need to know their story. I could just see their kid. And I knew we had something similar at some point of somewhere in the, in the thing. And of course, after talking to him, you did it. Like it was always a similarity somewhere. It was, it was comforting to talk to other parents. It was good to see kids that were better off than Charles, like legit normal functioning adults. They just, they might have had the gene split, but only one abnormality happened. So they still could eat. They had 10 fingers. They could, they lived a, a normal life theoretically. But then you would also see the other side of the coin to where kids that were, that couldn't ever talk or couldn't walk, had traits and just different stuff. So even at that six month process, six month point, I mean, I got to see that oh, I have a struggle ahead of me. Like, I have an uphill battle. So I kind of got to gauge where I would have to be or what I would have to do. And that helps me a lot. Like, I like to, if I can if I can see something and process it, 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 just for me personally, like, I know everybody not like that, but it helps me realize that, like, I, I knew I had work to do, but I wasn't going to be just drowned by everything, trying to do it, like, on my own or whatever. So... From that point, we got hooked up with with the foundation to because they're based out of Philadelphia, so they they would they have these conferences every two years in different cities, and it was just happened to be Dallas that time. So, but we but they're actual based out of Chop Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. That's where their headquarters are. So we got set up to even go up there, and we started doing uh, visits up there and talking to Dr. Krantz, and like they discovered the gene and all that type of stuff. So. We went from hospital to home for a little while to Dallas, where we got thrown into here is everything CDLS. Like here we go. It was it was a three day conference, so it was learning, hearing, like uh, networking. That was a big deal for me because we literally had no other people that knew what CDLS was. Like there were no other children that we knew of in Tulsa that had it. So it was. To be in that environment was a good, I would say, a good start to life. I would say, like for for us as 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 adults and parents to to go forward. Your life had changed in big ways within those first six months because now you were learning about it. Now you're immersed in this, um, this essentially a family because y'all you are now finding each other and you're finding your similarities. So I'm assuming that. Once a developmental delay showed up, that's when you started PT. And then I also want you to address when did y'all start going to Little Lighthouse? Because you kind of mentioned you, you just stayed home for those first six months. So when did y'all kind of jump in for Little Lighthouse? So whenever we left the hospital and actually got like deep into therapies and looking into this and that, in my research, I knew what we would need it, but I didn't know what we would need. But after going to Dallas to that conference is when I was comfortable with because oh, once because during that conference you get to meet with like different therapists that's there so like they bring their team who has OT PT speech to Dr. Krantz and all this different all of them are there 
and everybody that registered, you can sign up for a block, which was like, if I, I want to say 20, maybe 30 minutes to where when the doctor would come, they would crash course you. And it was like, I'm glad we didn't, I didn't go first. I was like, I want to see somebody else so I can go talk to them and see what to do because I had no idea what to expect. And I'm like, so what do I say when I get in there? Like, what is this and what is that? But basically they was like, they just going to ask you a bunch of questions. And I'm like, my kid's six months. I don't have a bunch of answers. But I went in there with, with as much as I could. Like, I went in there with the knowledge of my research and the questions that I had just that I, I didn't know. And I said, what can we expect? Like, what type of therapy will we need? Like, it was just a list. It was a great conversation. It was a good, however long the time frame was, it was worth it because we we went back and forth a lot. And then that's when I learned that he would have to do, like, OT to learn how to feed himself and the and you might have to do some food treatment to get him to learn how to swallow in the future. And it's like, it's like, and, and it was more so like, don't, and they had a lot of don'ts because they had been there and done that. So it was like, whatever you do, don't, don't force this or don't pressure this or take your time with this. And it was just more so of a getting him used to taking his food through the, through the pump, but also in preparation of it's possible that he still can eat by mouth. So like that was that was a big part of the conversation at that time and his feet and like his hips. So it was a lady there and she said, I can tell you right now, he's gonna have to have a hip surgery when he's older. And I, okay, I'm six months in, not knowing nothing. I'm like, all right, that's cool, thank you. And I remember me saying, like, okay, that's cool, thank you. But I had no idea what like what that meant. 10 years later, I, I, I 100% understand what she means. But at that time, it was just like, how can she look at my kid who's in this car seat who doesn't move, like who literally just sits there and eat and know that he's going to have to have this hip surgery? Well, like how he was sitting, his legs was a certain way that I guess at that angle, normal kids don't sit at that angle. And like I, that wasn't registering in my head at that time. But um, stuff like that. That, oh, oh, another big one was the helmet. So he had to lay on his back, Charlie on his back, for a long time. You would put him on his stomach, like he it would it was it was almost like he was trying to kill the kid in the NICU. Because every alarm would just freak out. So he spent probably way so much time on his back that he had that he had some sores like stuff, but they couldn't put him on his stomach. It was we had to make a decision. So I, we started doing like this little roll thing where we have to prop up towels for him to roll back and forth. But in that time he lay on his back so much, his like his back of his head was flat. And they was like, oh yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about that. It's this helmet you can buy. And he would just wear this helmet and it would grow his head right. And I was like, you talking about a football helmet? Like, cause I never knew that like it was just so weird. Like some of the stuff that it, it just never computed that I would need that, but legit, we learned about that. And that was another big thing that we did in the first yearish was go get a consult. And then, which at this time we stayed in Tulsa, we had to go to Dallas because Tulsa didn't have a place to do the helmet. So we had to go back out there just for that. Everything was fine, but that was, that was another adventure that we had to take on our own was to go down there to get the helmet and then to find out that it wasn't fully covered at this point in time, which I don't remember exactly why, but that was the first time I got to deal with insurance too. So that was a, a start of a learning experience that I know that I didn't know would last forever, but um, still has a flat head now that 
I love the guy to death. His little flat head bothers me sometimes. <laughs> but he has a lot of hair. Like his just his hair is so long right now, you couldn't even tell he had a flat head. But <laughs> moving um to the little lighthouse. So the day we signed up at the little lighthouse and I dropped the paperwork off and all that stuff, the lady was like, From the day we get it activated, it's about a two year wait. And I said, okay, like I really don't know what else to do. It was fine. And legitimately, we waited almost to the day, two years before we got accepted to do our, to do his first day. And which he kind of got pre-accepted to like end of a school year, leading to another one, like some couple of kids had got sick and dropped out. So they offered us to come early, which they didn't count that against us. But so we actually got in like maybe, I want to say maybe a month early. And that post, like being at the little lighthouse, was uh, that was that was the coolest and most humbling and like the greatest experience for me and for Charles, like ever. Because from the day that he started there, he was a two year old who I want to say was maybe twelve pounds. Like he he still could fit in one arm when I could hold him. I'm a big dude, but still. Like I could just hold him in one arm. He was on this G tube, uh, the pump still. Um, he literally just sat in his car seat, like his car seat carrier. I could literally take it out the car from going somewhere and bring it and set it in the house and post him up somewhere, and he would just sit there. Like I would take him out and send him on the bed. He wouldn't move. He wouldn't do nothing. Like he would eat and just chill. And 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 poop. He definitely did that. So, but he would he was a normal kid without all of the action. It, it reminded me of like when my daughter, when I would feed her, and after she would eat, she would just sit and veg out. But it was like he was a veg out type of kid, twenty four hours a day. So I was, and which I didn't know was I was I supposed to do something with him or like I I, I had no idea. So I just let him do it. I felt like it wasn't harming him. So that's what we did. And then when we got to the little lighthouse. I told him about him, how old he was. We went over syndrome stuff and everything. And the lady, the first day of class, she was like, oh, I can't wait till laps for little ones, which I had no idea what that was. She was like, we're going to have Charles walking by the end. And I laughed at her because, of course, me, I'm thinking these I, I, I always think people joking when they tell me stuff that I don't believe because I like I don't want to miss the ha ha moment. But. There was no ha-ha moment again. It was literally, oh, yeah, we're going to have him walking around that track. And I was like, okay, blah, 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 blah. And never really understood what none of that was until we started going every day. And that's when I got to see that this is not a daycare for children with disabilities. Like, this is legit a school, and they're going to make you work. Like, you don't get to come here and sit in this car seat and do nothing and that's and and that's when I was like, okay, this the first day let me know that I, I I did something right per him, and then like within the first month is when I knew that place was going to change his life, and it was also going to change mine based on my perception and my perspective of him because I had not not that I had a bad perception or perspective, but I didn't have one at all. Like, cause at this point in time, I still didn't know that he was, that he would be developmentally dis delayed. I still didn't know that we had further GI problems to deal with. I didn't know that his hips were bad 
and like the process of that. I didn't know these things. So it was just like, what can I expect? Because I like for my daughter, I, of course, I had dreams and I had this because I knew what she could do already. But for him, it was just a blank slate. And to me, I didn't feel I didn't feel like a complete parent without having a plan for my kid. Like, how do you be a parent and not have a plan for your child? No matter what the plan is, good, bad, ugly, that's not my business. But, like, you have to have some sort of plan, I would think. So, once being there gave me that plan because I got to see them put him to work. Like, it was, hey, you get here, we getting you up out of this uh, car seat, and you're going to sit in our seat. And then from learning how to sit up straight, even putting him in a regular chair at first, he couldn't sit up. So, he was always slouching. But they was like, don't worry about it. We got stuff to help fix that. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, the next time I see his chair, he got pads in it that's helping him, helping him gain muscle by keeping his pot. Like just small little things that would be like OTPT style stuff that would just blow my mind because I, I, I of course, I, ne I never, I never knew it existed. Nor did I knew I needed it until I did need it. And that type of stuff was really, really legit. And the most craziest experience at the little lighthouse would be that 30 day mark when that woman said he was going to walk. So laps for little ones was literally like two months after school started. And in my mind, there's no way you ain't fit to get Charles to crawl, walk, nothing. You ain't fit to do it. And one day when I, they would always tell me when I was picking them up, like literally week three, they would be like, Oh, he made such good progress during this. And he did this. And I, and, I have to see it to believe it type of person. So I'm like, in my, I would be, oh, that's so awesome. You know, just picking up my kid, thinking I want to be respectful. I don't want to. Once he got home, he did nothing. So for me, it wasn't that she was lying, but I wasn't seeing a benefit from it. And then one day, this, uh, he had this one physical therapist boy, and she, she, me and her, me and her became good friends. And she was like, hurry up, Charles, come here. She seen me coming in. She's like, I want you to come up here and see him in the gym one day. I said, all right, I'm going to come tomorrow. And I was coming, and she, I'm, as I'm walking in, she comes to the main door. And she was like, hurry up, hurry up, come here. He's in the gym right now, hurry up. So I run, get in there, and I'm looking through this. She's like, look through the glass. She's like, don't open the door, just look through the glass. And I'm looking through the glass, and there is Charles with this, I want to say, we called it the gator, like it was a walking device. And he was leaning across the thing, walking with this device. And oh my goodness, if me, who a guy who ain't never cried in probably five or 10 years at that point, eyes got big, watery, and I was like, I need to go to my car. I'll be right back. So I didn't want to just bawl and cry in front of them people that was in there. So I like went outside, went to my car and legit cried. I don't even know for how long. I just know I cried because that was my first time ever seeing him do something like legit do something that I've never seen before. And it was to walk of all things. It was to walk. Like it wasn't, he was two years old and didn't know how to walk. So it was like for him to walk to me was like, this is amazing. Like these, like they really know what to do here. They really, they really get, get putting the best out of him versus him. Just cause we had a nurse at the time, but like the nurse didn't do nothing. The nurse just took care of him, changed the diaper, changed clothes, like you know, that type of stuff. So it was, it was, it was that's when that's when I learned that his his greatest accomplishments in life was gonna come through therapy, some sort of therapy. And cause because at the little lighthouse, he got it all. OTPT speech, like he did all the major ones consistently. And 
after I seen that, it was like that was my fuel to be the best father I could to him in the in the aspects of not just taking care of him, but to push him to do more. Because ever since I seen that, I haven't stopped pushing him yet to this day. Like and 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 it's and it's crazy because he gets better and he's steady improving. Like it's slow improvement. Don't get me wrong, it is super slow and it's it's but it's joyous. It still is it's just as exciting when he accomplished something as whenever I see my daughter accomplish a new wrestling move or she do something in softball that she's never done. So it's the same feeling. It's just that for her, I get to see something probably every week, every two weeks, like all the time. But for him, it's just it's a something slow. But when it happened and it clicks in his head and you know it click, it's like the joy. It's, it's just something that you know that once he, since he's figured it out, he's never going to lose it again. Like, and, and that's the one, how, that's how that was seeing him walk. Because after that, she was like, so, you know, he's going to be walking on his own before we leave here. And I'm like, man, we just got here. We only like 60 days in. Can I let me enjoy this right now? <laughs> like, let's not take it too far. And she laughs. And she still bring that up when I see her to this day. She'll be like, he accomplished one goal and you was ready to be done. Huh? I was like, I was just happy for that one. And like, we just, we just kept going from there. He, which eventually he, he walks by himself now. Like he walks stairs now, which is crazy. But, but that, that start at the little lighthouse was what I needed to be, I guess, to put me on the journey to be who I am today when it comes to him, because I, I had no direction at that point. Like I didn't, like there was no thought of no therapy. I didn't, I didn't even know that it was so many outside therapies around because like kind of going back to like the sooner start conversation type stuff. I didn't in, in the hospital world. I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or I don't know if I intentionally didn't get all this information, but I kind of like left it to his mama because to a degree, they wouldn't talk to me all the time. Like, of course I'm the father and I'm there, but it would be like, where's mom, mom, this mom, that mama, mama, mom. So I'm like, okay, well, Y'all just deal with her then because I don't remember any sooner start conversations. I don't remember like any organizations that could help. And, and I'm not saying that they didn't give it to me. I'm not saying that, but I'm just, I don't remember none of that stuff. Like none of that stuff clicked in my head until the little lighthouse came because once we started going there, they would give you paperwork some days and be like, okay, hey, this network is doing this and here's information about this and and that's kind of got me into knowing what I did know, what I do know about a few organizations then, which it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Like, although I did get know about a few, like, I want to say, so if, if there's 50 organizations at that point in time, I probably knew three, five at best type of deal. So I really, I really got to know more after the little lighthouse started in that time. So that's powerful on behalf of little lighthouse and the impact that they had in your life, as far as, the trajectory for for you and Charles and you went from having really no dreams for him to having an entire future be uh, in front of you kind of wrap your your head around saying okay i can i can push him harder i can do these things i can you know i i have a dream now for him so and even even so much like i love little lighthouse so much to where in in my current which this might be a show for another day but my current endeavors with Oklahoma Land my goal is to look into starting another little lighthouse style school so like that's that's literally how much I appreciate them and which I've talked to them about it a little bit we haven't gotten much detail but I'm looking like they 
gave me the game plan that I'm that I'm following right now, like the path I'm on right now when it comes to just trying to help out the community in my in my county. So that's a big goal of mine is it might not become it might not turn out to be another little lighthouse, but if I can daycare or anything just to help parents with children with a disability, like anything would be it would suffice for me. But it all started with the little lighthouse saying, Okay, hey, come on over here, let me show you something and 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 really loving on my child and teaching him and me like what's next for our future. As we wrap up this second episode, we want you to know Charles has a lot more to teach us and to share. You will not want to miss our future conversations as we will dive deeper and let Charles teach us more about CDLS and he'll share about some of his parenting techniques. So be sure and watch for additional releases as we continue this conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405 271-5072.